three, I'll say three different things were kind of going through my mind, right? Number one, African parents. So beyond the stereotypical, like, African pops who goes crazy when you have bad grades, because, like, it's college, you don't even got to show your parents grades if you don't want to. It was more about, damn, bro, like, you start overthinking about all the sacrifices your parents made to kind of, like, get you to where you at. You feel like you fumbling the bag. Just in the, the blessed position we're in, we're like, yeah. Uh, I lay on the scale, you gotta glow, you gotta glow, you gotta glow. She had my intentions, you gotta know, gotta know. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get a Podcast. I'm your host, Zeke, and in this episode, I'm my friend Bakari, who's about adjusting to a 9 to 5 lifestyle and living in New York. I think if I content when you finish on the region's episode, and hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. All right, so welcome to the podcast. Good, good to be here, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks. So, first question I ask is, what would your origin story be, and how would you like to represent it? My origin story, um, yeah, I'd probably say my, my family's moved to New York. Like, I mean, you know, like, I was, I was born in Seattle. Um, family moved when I was on seven. Um, moved to Kansas City actually for less than a year because we all hated it and they moved, got to New York around like, I don't know, like 2004, 2005. So um, I'll say my origin story would probably be number one, chronicling that part of my childhood when I moved because it was definitely, you know, an interesting time in my life. And then, yeah, and then just like growing up in the Bronx, you know, going into like, you know, graduating college and then, you know, living out in Salt Lake for a little bit being back in New York now, like, yeah, just definitely each time that I've had to move in my life and, like, everything that kind of transpired each of those times. So I felt like they were definitely all, like, pivotal times in different ways. And as far as, like, how, I would, I would definitely say movie. And I'm, I'm definitely one of those people, like, who just be, like, you know, thinking one day, like, yo, how about I tell my story? And I don't, and as someone who doesn't read a ton, like, of course, like, I casually read, but, like, I'm not one of those people who's, like, knocking out a book every month. You know, I think the idea of like, you know, doing a movie just always been a bit more attractive. And like, I mean, I'm a movie guy. So like I'm watching movies all the time. So I, I definitely think that that's how I would do it. Nice. Who would direct the movie? Uh, it depends. If, I, if I'm doing something that I'm a view to be super serious i'm gonna say spike lee now if i if i feel like i want something with a bit more of an edge to it and it's just like i like it's telling my story but it's kind of taking it's like left turns and stuff like that i don't know for whatever reason i know he gets mixed reviews but jordan peele is an interesting director to me like i tend to enjoy his work so i mean that'd probably be the other option if not spike i'll say if it's a straightforward more of like a biopic type of situation definitely spike if I kind of want to get super crazy with it, then Jordan Peele. And then Supernatural, like, the reason why we moved because this and this happened, and there's, like, a right. whole thing. For sure. Nice. So, that all the moving, how did you, like, adapt each time you had to move? Uh, Yeah, it was interesting, bro. I mean, I think the my first move leaving Seattle, I was kind of too young to really process it. It was just kind of like, as a kid, you're just like, damn, I don't want to leave. Like, that's kind of just all you know. So then, you know, we, you move to Kansas City where you don't know anyone. You're just kind of around, like, you know, family all the time and stuff like that. 
that we didn't even stay long enough for me to like hop into school. And then, so like, that was just kind of like, cool, I hate it here. I don't know anyone. I'm just kind of like, if I'm not home, we're just like, you know, following like family members out somewhere or something like that. So it just wasn't a fun time. So adopting the Kansas City just really wasn't much of an adoption. It was just like, just like, just not enjoying it at all, right? Then New York comes and it's just so much different than everything I experienced prior to that. Like you got to think like seven to eight, like my whole life has been in Seattle for the most part. And Seattle was a lot more, I don't want to say suburban, but suburban. Like it's like a lot more chill, a lot more like family oriented. Um, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, did that environment, you know, like that stereotypical, like suburban kid story where you're like, you know, you leave school, go home, get a bike and you're just like out doing random shit all the time. And then New York wasn't that, especially the Bronx, especially like around the time we moved. So New York was, I would say it was like not a bad transition in terms of like, we, I didn't like it. It just took a lot more to get used to. Like it was a lot more hectic, you know, it was a lot more like in your face for lack of better wording. And so I think at that time I was just kind of like taking it all in, but then I felt like all my formative years happened in New York. So for me, I, I wouldn't say I look back and can remember if there was like a period in which I just had a tough time where it was kind of like, cool, I'm here, I'm figuring it out. Um, and I would say the work, not, let me not use those words. I was going to say worse, but it's not worse. I say the most tumultuous move I've had was like, you know, graduating from Baruch, you know, because we went to Baruch together um, and then starting off my career at Goldman Sachs in Salt Lake City. And you could imagine, like, you know, coming from, I feel like New York already puts you in a situation where you're going to go to most cities in this country and do that compare and contrast shit and be like, yeah, I don't like this. Like, I got to go back to New York immediately, right? So then even removing that, if you just, like, look at Salt Lake in isolation, it's like the diversity is trash. It's a small city. Um, there's not a ton of a social life, quote, unquote, that tends to happen. And if it is, it's just really not your vibe that was a tough time. Like Salt Lake for me, especially my first six months was really rough, both because I was getting my ass kicked at work because, you know, like finance is finance, Goldman is Goldman. So, you know, like that ramp up period for me was just tough, just like kind of picking up everything, especially because I hopped into finance as someone who didn't study finance at all. So that within itself was just like tough to kind of like, you know, get over that hurdle. So it's like a cool, like that 12 hours you're spending at work, like starting at eight, leaving at eight or whatever, you're already just getting smoked, right? And then you go home to like this borderline desolate environment. And I lived in downtown and it's still, you know, just one of those cities that like tends to close quick. Like, you know, people just not out and about at all hours. So it just got very quiet and you just were in solitude a lot. And for me, that was kind of like the worst combination of like not, not enjoying your work, but also going home and not really enjoying your time there. And so it was rough. I think it, it only got better for me as I started meeting people and kind of just like kind of creating my own circle. And then after that, it was kind of cool. Now we're dealing with whatever we're dealing with as a unit. You know, thankfully the black network out there was really strong and tight knit. But yeah, Salt Lake was rough, bro. I, I, can't, I can't even sugarcoat it. Like it was bad. Like it definitely had its highs, but it definitely had its like lows for real. Um, and so I just left Goldman like a few months ago. So I, I've been back in New York for a little bit now. And so I think when you... And if you ever end up moving out of New York, I think you would have a similar experience of like when you move out of New York and then come back, you find a whole new appreciation for it. Like, 
I can't tell you how much I missed bodegas, my nigga. Like, <laughs> like bodegas alone was one of the things where like you leave them shits and you really learn to value them, bro. Because it's so hard to find something similar to that. Like, yo, like the the, the counterpart of bodega mostly is probably like a 7-Eleven, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like a gas station. It's like, no, that's not it. Like, why can't I grab a sandwich <laughs> whenever I want to? You feel me? So yeah, I'll say Solo was definitely rough. And then moving back to New York this time around, I'm just honestly been I've been like having a blast, bro. Like it's just definitely back to like seeing people I haven't seen in a while, just being around family a ton and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it, it's been dope. Can't complain. Yeah, there was a whole lot in that. I can definitely see Jordan Peele coming in when you're like in Salt Lake by yourself and it gets airy and a horror aspect to it. Oh, yeah, bro. I could get crazy <laughs> with that Utah part of my life, bro. <laughs> yeah. And then um, definitely. And also New York is walkable. So you, you could just walk places and it's reasonable. You're not like weird, like, I'm going to walk a couple miles. It would have to be. Yeah, the thing with that was because I was living downtown, so I was walking distance from work. So I went in thinking, all right, I don't got to buy a car because, like, I had my license. Like, I grabbed my license in, like, 2017, but I was never driving in New York for real. Like, I kind of just, like, went to a driving school, got some lessons, passed the test the first try, and never drove again. So it was, it was like, when I was moving to Salt Lake, it was like, you know, at first I was like, y'all want a car? Then I was like, okay, cool, I could probably, you know, kind of escape without buying one because, honestly, from day one, I was like, yo, I need to leave. So it's just kind of like, all right, bust my ass at work, crush it, and get a transfer back to New York. So I just I just really wasn't trying to make a life out of Salt Lake. It was kind of just like, you know, do the bare minimum so that if, you, if I had to just drop everything and go, give it away, whatever, like I just can do that and just keep it pushing, right? So the car shit at first, I was kind of like, yo, I want one, but then it just probably doesn't make sense, so I'm not going to grab one. And, yo, I'm telling you now, bro, like, Going to work wasn't an issue. A lot of social stuff kind of happened in downtown too, so that wasn't too big of an issue. But something as simple as grocery shopping was the biggest hassle, bro. And like, you know, it was like double fisted mad grocery bags out of an Uber every week. It was just like, yo, after a while, I'm like, nah, I need a car. So yeah, definitely the walkable is huge, bro. I think that's something that New York probably shares with very few other cities with how walkable it is. And like, yeah, that's one of them aspects that you OD miss when you leave. You're like, now nah, I got, yeah, because I still don't have my license. And then because I live in New York, there's kind of no point. Yeah, like, you don't even, you you never have to drive in New York. You know what I mean? I think there's, there's instances where it could be convenient. Like, especially for me, like, I live uptown. So me going to Queens, for example, was a journey because I got to go into Manhattan yeah. and then take another train to leave versus just, like, you know, hopping on the bridge and going across, right? So it can add some convenience, but I think the amount of inconvenience owning a car has in New York also is like one of those things where like it, it, it totally makes sense to never have a car here either. It's just really like what you prefer. You never need one though. So yeah. Cool. So let's head back to let's go back to college. So seemed like you were like a person who kind of found yourself or was, was finding yourself in college. How was that journey? Yeah, college was interesting, man. I mean I think for me like I came in I thought life was sweet when we went to college, bro. Like, that's the best way to put it. Like, cause I, I like I went to school in the Bronx, and I was kind of in those situations where like, like I went to a horrible school, so like you never really had to super exert yourself to excel in that space. If that makes sense. Like, so I was definitely one of those people who was chilling, who was like decently smart, 
and just was like, you know, had a really high GPA and didn't feel like, yo, I had to go home and study every day. You get what I mean? So I think because that's kind of like the high school experience I had was like, cool, like I'm kind of coasting, I'm kind of chilling, and I have like a 90-something GPA playing for the ball team and stuff like that. Like, I just didn't have a real work ethic yet. So first semester in Baruch, I got smoked. <laughs> like, I think if I had a, like a 2.4 GPA after my first semester. For me, that was extremely humbling, bro. Like, I was one of those people who, again, never had like bad grades growing up. So that was one of them times where like, yeah, that was a gut punch. So I think that was kind of like a great reality check for me. And I'm glad it happened when it did because it kind of set the set the standard for the rest of my college experience. So like, you know, by the time I graduated, I had like a three, four, but that's because, you know, I had to crush every semester after that. You know, I needed to have, you know, a three, seven semester, a three, eight semester, a three, four, a three, three. Like, you know, you just kind of like at that point now know, okay, cool, I don't have any more room to mess up. So I just kind of like had to like find that pocket and kind of like figure out, you know, my like how I can best put myself in a situation to succeed in, in college. And for me, you know, again, like I have, I'm not one of those people who can sit down and just study for hours on end. So I had to just kind of get creative with like how I like prep for classes and stuff like that. So on, from like the educational standpoint, it was like, all right, cool. Like you got, you got punched in your face your first semester, but then now you got to get on your bully. And then the other side of that was like the social aspect, right? And so I think college for me, like I was definitely one of the Bronx kids who, if I was leaving the Bronx, it was going to my hand and come right back up. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't spending a ton of time in other boroughs growing up. Like in high school, like I spent one summer working in Brooklyn and that's about it. So that was an interesting experience. So I was like, all right, cool. Now this is a lot more of a diverse environment than I've ever been a part of by and large, right? And so, like, beyond just, like, meeting people in other boroughs, it's, like, the, the demographics are very different. Like, you know, like, Baruch is one of those schools that always kind of gets that nod for being one of the most diverse public schools. And you see it. Like, you're on campus and you, you feel the vibe of that, right? So I think that was a, a, a new learning experience for me, kind of, like, you know, meeting people who are of extremely different cultures and kind of, like, you know, expanding your mindset as far as, like, you know, being able to kind of, like, navigate those kind of conversations, learning about people and their background, you know, what, how they got to where they're at, and, you know, at this point in their life and stuff like that. So I'll say the social aspect was really dope in terms of, like, just meeting a ton of people. Like, a lot of my best friendships now spawned from Baruch, right? And then from the career standpoint, I think being a part of the UMLA program, which you was a part of as well, being a part of SEEK, you know, that was the foundation for a lot of, you know, the, the wins that I caught in college, right? Because I think I'm one of those people who benefited so much from mentorship more than anything. So, you know, I had upperclassmen who were like, you know, after first semester, like, yo, I'm going to help you with your resume. Yo, I'm going to help you put together your LinkedIn. Yo, I'm going to help you mock interview. And so, like, you know, it just kind of, like, was like that staggered effect of, like, okay, cool. Like, I'm a freshman. You know, I kind of have some skeleton of a resume, you know, I boom, I work, I spent my, the summer after my freshman year working for Seek as a peer mentor, right? Then cool, like now I'm, I have like the on-campus, you know, you know, e-board position, you know, with Seek Society, right? Then I'm getting into like American Needs You, MLT and all these programs because I have the upperclassmen there kind of like, you know, kind of like helping me, you know, steer more than anything. It's like, cool, like they're going to course correct, you know, kind of like tell you like what, you know, they did that works for them. And then, you know, you start getting to these like, you know, diversity pipeline programs and professional development programs. 
and it, that's kind of like where a lot of my internships came from. So like, you know, my first internship at AOL was a product of my involvement in the American Need You program. Um, my second internship at Google in California was a product of like my involvement in MLT. And then, you know, I think, you know, the like by that time having like a decently strong resume, you know, a lot of that led to, you know, my Goldman offer, which for me was a big deal because, you know, I think I was had a lot of anxiety about leaving college without a job offer like for whatever reason like I, I just like made that a thing in my mind that like I just had to walk with a job offer so I went crazy my senior year like I took six classes both semesters constantly was interviewing super crazy like that first semester of senior year and thankfully by the, like by the end of the semester it was like November you know I had an offer from Goldman and I was like a huge weight off my back it was like cool I have an offer from like a top company I was targeting um, and so at that point, I was just like, cool, like, this is a huge part of my stress that I, that's just like gone now. And so I can at least go into like second semester, senior year, just like kind of running towards the finish line. And so I'll say, yeah, those are the three categories I would kind of like break down Baruch. It was like a lot of the educational stuff early on and big lessons I had to learn and really developing that work ethic, which was full circle moment. Like a lot of that led to like, you know, my success at Goldman, because Goldman was kind of a similar trajectory. Like you, you got smoked your first few months had to develop that work ethic and that expertise. And then you just kind of like move into a space where like, you know, you, you're building up to be a top performer. So the the educational part of Baruch, the social part of Baruch and the career part of Baruch with those all three in different ways, huge parts of my life for sure. I think you're speaking on mute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to education. So once you got humbled, how can I keep you what kind of push you to keep going instead of like some people they kind of fall and they stay down? Um, I'll say three. I, I'll say three different things were kind of going through my mind. Right, number one, African parents. So beyond the stereotypical like African pops who goes crazy when you have bad grades because like it's college, you don't even gotta show your parents grades if you don't want to. It was more about damn, bro, like, you start overthinking about all the sacrifices your parents made to kind of, like, get you to where you at, but you feel like you're fumbling the bag. So, see, in the, the blessed position we're in, where, like, you're wearing Baruch, tuition-free, like, you feel me? Like, that's just, like, it was just a very uncomfortable space where I'm just, like, damn, like, yo, I'm, like, dropping the ball here. Two, I would say, is definitely, like, peers. So, I mean, I left the first semester 2.4, but then I have friends who were you know, three, three fives, three sevens and stuff like that. You know, people just like crush their first semester. And, you know, for me, I'm not one of those people who's like hateful in that way. I think at that time it was more motivation. It was like, cool, like I got a lot of people around me who's crushing shit. I got to get on my shit to like, kind of like, you know, match them. So for me, it was just like, kind of like being competitive within myself. That could cool. Like, this is just not the space that I'm comfortable being in. I know kind of like where, where I want to be. And so with that, now I got to start like kind of figuring out, you know, how I could like, you know, learn from this, like all the mistakes I made that first semester, make sure like, you know, like that doesn't happen again. So I think, you know, having friends who who were like kind of crushing shit and kind of like seeing what they were doing that was working for them and kind of like infusing that into your, into my methods was definitely a key part for me too. And I'll say, Lastly, I think the support system of like seek, right? I think that you know, like having the counselors there, like Rebecca and Christy, I think 
number one, like they kept it a buck. Like they they didn't sugarcoat shit with you. Like they kind of told you what it was, but then also it was not like it was not a conversation of like, all right, you fucked up, figure it out. It's like a cool what you messed up, but then what can we do to help you, right? You know, what, what, like, is it extra tutoring that, that you need? Like, is it resources or whatever? Like, whatever it's going to be, like, we're here to help provide that support or help point you in the direction to find that support and things of that nature. So I'll say it was kind of like a three-pronged attack where I just ended up kind of, like, leaving first semester with kind of like a game plan. And then from there, it was just about execution more than anything. So. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I can see that. And then um, let's go back to let's go to like the social aspect with mentoring. How was it like mentoring and being mentored? Did you see any similar similarities or differences? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, being a mentee helped me figure out my mentorship style because I think I, I definitely had a lot of mentors in, in my time at Baruch, and because of that, I was able to kind of like pull from each experience we're like cool this is something that this person is doing really well that's helping me out right or this is another thing that this person is doing really well and in the opposite end of the spectrum like all right this is this is something that like he does or she does that doesn't necessarily work well for me and so i think being able to kind of craft my mentorship style from my experience as a mentee was huge and then that summer when i was a peer mentor for seek i think no more was a really dope experience but two, because yeah, I mean, you ended up being one of the people that I mentee. But more than anything, it was just like one of those situations where you know you had some assignments of like a responsibility, right? So like you, from whatever hour to hour in the days you were working, you know, you had to work for Seek. But for me, it wasn't like a job. Like for me, that shit was dope, just because number one, you know, you're working with people who it's a similar background right so like you kind of have a really good understanding for what people are going through like what are some of the hurdles that they're going to experience in the college atmosphere and so you're kind of able to kind of be that cushion where it's like oh cool like yo i know this is something that was really rough for me i could circumvent that kind of like you know kind of like help them through it ahead of time so they don't gotta like you know hit the same walls i hit or make the same mistakes i made so i loved mentoring to be honest like mentorship was one of my favorite things i got uh, I got the opportunity to do at Baruch. And I think once I stopped having to do it for Seek as a job, it just ended up continuing to be just a very organic thing. Like the people I met as mentees that summer, like I was cool with the rest of college. And beyond that, you know, you just started, you know, meeting a ton of people. It's like, cool, like if I do American Needs, you know how fruitful it was for me, I'm going to help as many people as I can get in that program. Same thing with MLT, same thing with internship prep, like mock interview and resumes, LinkedIn, like, like what a lot of the things that people did for me as a mentee, I, I just, I was just huge on paying it forward, right? And just kind of like, you know, I was big on that, you know, like that corny mantra, lift as you climb. Like, let me not say corny, but like, like overly said probably, like, you know, just like that common thing of like, yo, lift as you climb, but like, nah, that's real. Like, it's like one of those things where like, you can't take all the fruits of like, this like environment and not want to pay it forward and not want to like be able to kind of like you know continue that path because like if i just took everything that people gave me and just ran with it and never helped anybody else like like that's that's kind of wild like i it just i just wasn't comfortable doing that so yeah mentorship was huge for me i think it was a big part of my journey at baruch 
and it continued to be like a big part of my journey elsewhere. Like, you know, ended up finding pockets where I was able to be a peer mentor at Goldman, you know, even just outside of like a corporate environment, just kind of like having different mentorship, um, like relationships, stuff like that. So yeah, it, it was definitely a huge part of my experience for sure. Uh, yeah, being mentors, it's sometimes just fun. It's like, this is a cool experience having that that um, impact on people. And then they come back, like, yeah. it actually worked out. You're like, it did? Cool. Yeah, and things, because think about it this way. Like, the way I looked at it is, like, when I saw you and a lot of other people that were mentees in my class end up going back and be mentors, for me, that was the win. Like, for me, it was like a cool, like, he got whatever he got. Like, I ain't perfect. Like, I, I'm sure there was a plenty of times where, like, you was like, yo, this dude's a bozo, right? Like, I'm sure I, I got you dumb tight plenty of times. But for me, it was the fact that, like, you got whatever you got out of that sick environment to want to go back and be a mentor too. I was like, cool, this is the W. Like, this is where you see it, see going to continue to succeed because we have people who constantly want to give back. So I, when I saw that, I was like, cool, like, clearly, you know, something is going right, <laughs> if anything, so... <laughs> And there's something right. right at least one thing turned out good. Right. And then you changed your major once or twice? Uh, technically none, but once, right? So I came into mm-hmm. Baruch as an accounting major on paper, but not knowing shit about accounting. Um, and so I went through first semester still having an accounting major, I want to say, and probably towards the end of that semester going into soft, like second semester of freshman year, I kind of knew it was quiet for accounting. Like, you know, like I just wasn't, once like you started learning more about it and having a better gauge for it and starting to like, at the time, do some of some, some networking where you actually talking to people who are doing accounting as a job and just like studying accounting on campus and hearing more about it. I just knew it wasn't going to be a lifestyle fit for me. Like it just didn't sound interesting at all. So Darnie Kyle, which I'm not sure if you had the pleasure of like yeah. meeting at Boog, was a huge part of me kind of figuring out what next steps were going to be for me. And again, another one of those mentorship figures I had during my time at Baruch, mentor figures. Um, so I ended up changing my major to business communications or corporate communications. And, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, Baruch is like, it's like that common corpcom joke where, like, a lot of people, you know, leave Zicklin or flunk out of Zicklin or whatever and hop right into corpcom. So, like, you know, it kind of does have that, you know, that, um, like, kind of, like, has that aesthetic at Baruch. But for me, it was just like, no, this is just genuinely the classes I'm enjoying the most. Like, I'm enjoying my marketing classes and my communication classes the most. And so from a, just, like, a educational standpoint, like, no, this is actually the content that I'm, like, messing with the most. So, like, all right, these are going to be the classes that I tend to do the best in, right? But then, two, when I was just thinking about career stuff, I was like, yo, I don't know what I'm going to want to do in 10 years. So from a major standpoint, I'm just not going to be married to the idea of like, all right, I have to do actuarial science because I have to be an actuarial scientist or accountant, you know, for X amount of years. It's about to be cool. What is the major that's going to give me a broad enough skill set to just kind of like do well in whatever I decide to do? And so I think what you get out of the CorpCom major, especially if you luck out with having some of the better professors in that department, is stuff that's super applicable to anything you decide to do. Like, I don't know a job that you're not going to have to be decent, at least not even if you're not amazing, but be decent at presenting materials, right? Be decent at communication, both email, like both written and verbal communication, you know, being good at um, being able to deliver stuff in a concise manner, right? So it's beyond just like, you know, people don't 
ever want to read a seven paragraph, you know, email. So are you able to kind of like consolidate information and make it like digestible to whatever audience that you got to deal with? And I think that's a lot of the stuff you get, you got, or I was getting out of that major that I just valued a ton because I'm like, cool, like there's never not going to be a career path. I decide to go on where I'm not going to be able to leverage these skills. So that's kind of like what led me to choosing that major. And I, I want to say, if not officially, the end of my first my, my first semester of freshman year, I think definitely by second semester, I had that major. So I, I was I was just kind of like, I didn't even care to go deeper into Zicklin. It was like, I just like, so for me, it wasn't one of them like, you know, flunk out situations that like we kind of saw a ton of. It was more about, yeah, I just know I'm not going to like mess with this at all. So let me not even waste time and just dive right into the stuff that I, I am interested in. So yeah, it didn't take me long to change my major. And once I changed it, like I never looked back. So. Yeah, Zicklin was rough. Yeah, I did not envy y'all <laughs> <laughs> at all. I was like, let me change my major two times just to make sure. Right. Which is funny though, because I'm saying all this and I literally left Baruch and went right into finance. So like, <laughs> it's definitely one of those situations where it's just like, all right, from a major standpoint, soft skill standpoint, I'm valid. I got none of the technical skills, though. <laughs> never took a finance class at Brook, never took an accounting class at Brook. But even that, I just enjoyed that because that was just a huge part of my journey, right? Like, you know, getting from the point where I knew nothing, wasn't doing well, struggled my way through everything in that job, took advantage of whatever, like, on-the-job training was available, online modules, YouTube, whatever it was going to take to me to learn it. And then a fast forwarding, you know, getting promoted after my first year and a half, you know, leading, you know, two teams by the time, like by the time I was in my third year and stuff like that. Like it, it was, it, it was, it was an interesting trajectory. It started off rough, but ended up like kind of just being a situation where, like, yeah, I, I did well, but by the time I was leaving Goldman, it was less about being good or bad at the job. It was more about, yeah, I'm just ready to try something new. And I don't, I know, even though I, I got relatively good at the role and good in finance in general i just didn't enjoy the content so it, i was ready for a next step to kind of like do something else but i wasn't running away or feeling like i ran i was running away because i just was bad at the job like thankfully that wasn't a situation but had i left after my first year that totally would have been what it was it definitely would have been like yo i hate this shit i'm terrible at it i'm out so I, like it kind of like was one of those situations where, like you look back after spending three years there and it's like a oh, cool like that ended up working out for you, even though you was probably miserable for a decent amount of it. Like it, it can't when you think about it now, you look back at it and you reflect like it that that was worth it. So yeah, that's that's just funny. Then you like I'm gonna get away from it, and you come right back to your life like hey. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, you went from avoiding the classes to like that being my day to day. Like that's crazy. <laughs> Ziggler was like, "What get you one way or another?" That us. You can also ask me questions if you have any questions. Huh? You can also ask me questions if you have any questions. For sure. I mean, even for you though, like when you were going through Baruch, like your first year, like what were those, like those things that were really rough for you? Because I, I love hearing that because I think all of us, in one way or another, struggled our first year. But it could have been for very different reasons. So, like, you know, when you came to Brook, like, what were the tougher, t- tougher things for you? I think it's more just finding my identity because for, like, school, 
I was I went to a hard high school, so pretty much education was I kind of I kind of understood my group with that, but in terms of like what I want to do after I graduated, mm-hmm. I never had that answer. And then it was like, right. so the first year was mostly like proving to myself that college wasn't that hard. Because like every time you go to the next step, everybody's always guessing up like it's going to be the hardest thing in the world. So right. my mindset was like, nah, I got this. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point when you started the graphic design um, stuff you were doing on campus, like for me at the time, I didn't know that I was something you was even remotely interested in. So at one point did that, become a thing for you as okay this is something that i know i'm good at and i just want to pursue it like when did that kind of transition happen for you so that happened before because i used to be into like art and stuff like drawing up into high school mm-hmm. and then i didn't go to my art high schools like, like our high schools like audition so i went to mm-hmm. regular high school i did art for one year and then i kind of just dropped it so when the college during the summer when i heard about new media arts i was like oh this is a good minor to do to get kind of get right. back into it and then I, yes, though. then I made my portfolio, then I make a portfolio website and it kind of just went live. And I was like, well, might as well just start now. And are you, are you still doing a lot of graphic design stuff still? Uh, Kind of on or off. I kind of like mm. take breaks. Did you design that shirt? Because I need one, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, the, to, sorry, to get like to, like I wanna, I have like every design, all the stuff set. I just need to move out mm-hmm. so then I can um start the business. For sure, yeah. Let me know. I need one. I got all the designs and everything. So yeah, that's kind of how it was. So it's kind of mm-hmm. something like it was like, uh, let me get back into this because I used to enjoy it. For sure, and I think one thing I noticed a lot about your journey at Baruch is that over time you came out your shell. Od, I'll definitely say. And I don't know how much of this you felt about yourself. I would say like your freshman year, you were a lot more reserved and to yourself. And I think you got a lot more comfortable around us and around people in general as you kind of like, you know, went through college over a few years. So, you know, how hard was that? Like, you know, kind of like getting out of your shell, getting out of your comfort zone and just like kind of like putting yourself out there, just like you kind of being open to meet new people, all that stuff. Like how 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 tough was that for you? I'd say that was mostly like for me, I'm a naturally reserved person. I'm just like yeah. in the background, just watching everybody. And then um, it was also, and then, um, so like the first year was mostly me just trying to fill out the whole school to see like, okay, how is everything? Where, where do I feel comfortable? Where it's like, what to do? And then after um, I got confident, I have to like, I filled everything out. Then I started like, okay, now it's time to like do things. It's mm-hmm. mostly so like freshman year is mostly me but uh thought i had was like let me just focus on school right now so i get a good foundation and then i just join a bunch of things after that so and do you feel as if it is a question like we t- talk about <laughs> a lot like if not baruch where would where do you think you would have gone and how different experience do you think you would have had had you gone to another school i probably would have went to like city college Mm. And then I engin- uh, tried engineering there. And probably I had like a similar journey. Because like as you know, most people know I got a zero in the midterm for programming. So if I mm. were like, uh, supposed to that earlier in city, it probably would be like a similar situation. So I probably would like a got s- you. 
Yeah, funny enough, bro, like, Baruch was not my first choice in the CUNY app. Like, I was actually sold on going to Hunter, funny enough. Um, they like the college tours, like their campus. I'm just going to run with this being my first choice, and I got in. So I'm like, I bet it's lit. And if I got a call from Christy, and she was calling me about seeking UMLA. I remember this shit vividly because it was so funny because, like, she calls me, explains what seek is. I'm hearing about it. I'm not cool. This sounds interesting. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. Sound like you know having some some type of community on campus stuff like that. She messaged the financial aid. I'm like, I bet. Like, okay, like talking to me nice right now. <laughs> um, and she, she messes UMLA, and I'm like, all right, this, okay. And <laughs> she, and then all I hear was Saturday sessions. I'm like, hey, I'm cool on that. Like. She said the Saturday workshop, so I'm like, yo, seek. I'm, it definitely sounds interesting, but the UMLA thing, I don't think it's for me. And I left it at that. She sends me the application. I don't fill it out. The deadline passes and everything. And then one day, my guidance counselor from my high school, I was super cool. It stopped me in the hallway like, yo, did you get a call from Chrissy Perez the other day? And I'm like, nah, time out. So like, <laughs> how the hell did she even know to call you? And so we ended up, like, talking about it real quick. And she was kind of telling me that, like, yeah, they, she really wants to – um set up like she really wants to like do the application for you she extended the deadline whatever so just like do it and i'm like all right at this point now like i might as well and so through getting kind of like forced into it like i ended up like going through and like um applying to everything and then that that's just pretty much what ended up happening i ended up coming to baruch after doing all the you know kind of like UMLA interviews and stuff like that. But yeah at the time like I did not think I was gonna go anywhere but Hunter to be honest especially after I got in. It was like, this is it. I'm set. Right. And life, life was like, no. Like, yeah, nah, yeah, I heard about Seek. Do um, I was doing college now at City Tech the year before, mm-hmm. like the year to summer after my junior year, and I was like, I kept that back in my mind. Like, okay, so I'm gonna do Seek, and then Baruch was the only Seek program I got into, so I was like, might as well. Yeah, I mean, if were you. Because I know you, you're from Brooklyn, so, like, did you think about, like, Brooklyn College and a lot of those other CUNYs a lot? Or yeah. were you just kind of like, yeah, I'm not even trying to stay in Brooklyn at all? Uh, Brooklyn College is tech far from where I live. It's, like, from, like, mm. terms of the bus and train. So, like, I took my own SAT there, so I was like, this is far. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then I was talking to my friend at lunchtime. I was, like, trying to figure out what college. She was like, just go to Baruch. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> Baruch was, was definitely like that happy accident like you know you didn't expect it to turn out how it turned out but it was like the best shit ever and I mean think for me like if I think about that question like I don't know what I would have been out of Hunter like especially because like I said like those programs that I did laid all the groundwork for all the opportunities that I got like Hunter I mean, in American news, you definitely see hundreds of people, but especially in MLT, like, you know, they're not, like, hundreds just doesn't really breed. Like, a lot of people just tend to, like, to tend to be in those type of programs. I just think it's just not well-known enough out of, like, you know, I mean, Brooklyn's yeah. very business-centric. So you're just going to naturally have a lot of people who just kind of, like, find those programs and, like, kind of, like, dispel it. But, you know, at other CUNYs, I wasn't seeing that kind of, like, experience happen a ton. So, I mean... Every time I think about what life would have been out of Brooke, like, I have no idea what I would have did, bro. Like, I don't know what I would have majored in. I don't know if I would have found communications there. I don't know if I would have probably tried to stick it out of accounting. Like, I'm, like, every time I think about it, I was like, yeah. 
who knows? Like it's like that Kanye mic drop. I guess we'll never know. Like <laughs> it's like whatever happened if I lost, guess we'll never know. All right. It was fun though meeting you. It was like, oh cool. That's pretty, got pretty cool. Yeah, man, I, the Baruch was one of those places where it was just like, yo, you really could have came came to Baruch, like you like came to campus and just fully been yourself. And like you would have been fine. Like I think that was the interesting thing where, you know, you definitely have moments where like, you know, you you definitely dial it back because I get cool. Like this is just like an area, this is just a matter of maturing and like, you know, I need knowing that like I don't gotta be in campus walling out 24-7, right? But I think generally, you know. People definitely just kind of like came into Brook their their full selves. And so it was very like I'll say Brook more than anything was very organic. Like it was very much like people just kind of came in with whatever they were gonna be, found your circles, found your friends, and it was just that. Like it was it was very little like superficial bullshit that came that came by, <laughs> at least for in my experience. Like I didn't experience a lot of that. Like you you definitely have like transactional relationships at Brook too. Like people you just kind of like know what you're gonna get out of them and then that that's what, is what's gonna be. But beyond that, like it, it was it was it wasn't too much of like an issue. You get what I mean? It was kind of yeah. like cool. Like you might just be cool with someone who because you have a class with them and it's probably not gonna be that like anything beyond that. But then the friendships that I've gotten out of Brook, like I said, a lot of those are like, extremely lasting relationships. Like those are people I still talk to like every day type shit. So see y'all on the gram, hang out with the squad. Yeah, exactly. Like, right? So, yeah. It's like that. It was fun being known during Baruch for, for doing a bunch of things and then being known for being known. That was a fun experience. And that, and thing is, like, you being known for being known is mad funny because, again, like, comparing that to, like, <laughs> how you came in freshman year, like, I never saw that happening. So, like, that was one of those times where, like, I probably never said it to you, but I was like, yeah, now this, yeah, I, I love that he got out of his shell. Because, like, it was, like, polar opposite. Like, you did a complete 180s in terms of, like, you know, going from, like, a super shy reserve person that probably would have just, like, found a back corner of a classroom and stayed there to, like, walking around campus 24-7, saying what's up to people and knowing everyone and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, no, nah, that they, that was a transition. I was just, like, silently, like, yeah, like, shout out to him. Like, that was dope. Yeah, my high school friends like, you changed. For the better though, so like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like that, that whole I change shit is like it's it's, it's it's cool and all, but like it, if it's for the better, like I ain't tripping. Yeah. So. It's definitely good to get all the different experiences of like, okay, this is how, like different, like, different, like kind of going to all the different clubs and everything, just like different point of views. Right. And I think that's what makes Brook a very interesting place. And granted, like this virtual atmosphere takes a lot out of that. But I think Brook is such a melting pot. Like it kind of like it's a reflection of like New York Brown Lodge where like it's just like you're, you're liable to meet any kind of person on Brook. And I think that just kind of created for me a lot of very unique relationships with people that I probably would have never thought I'd be cool with at all. Like ever. Like you're just doing the eye test. Like you don't seem like my type of person. Like all right, cool. I'm out. But like Brew is just such a melting pot that you're just going to constantly be in a situation where you're in the same room having some type of situation, I mean, some type of uh, conversation with people who just come from whatever type of background. So it definitely breeds, like, very interesting relationships, but then also, I think, powerful relationships as far as, like, 
yeah, you could be that person who kind of finds your pocket and can't sticks to it. But I think if you were one of those people who got out of their bubble and just kind of like met a shit ton of people who were doing a lot of different stuff, and then that turns into like everybody graduating from college, but then it's like, okay, cool. Now I know this dude who works in investment banking. Now I know this dude who's in tech. And I know this dude who's in consulting. Like, just kind of like now your network is super fast. And I think, you know, that's how it translated for me, where it's just like, you know, it went from like knowing a ton of people on campus to like, all right, now everybody's kind of graduating. Everybody's kind of like finding their pocket career wise. And now your network is very diverse. Now you just have like people you just know in like a shit ton of industries doing a ton of a bunch of different um, cool shit, like honestly. So yeah, that's kind of like one of those things that from Baruch that I just like really value, like kind of like, you know, five years removed, four years removed, like it's like cool, like Baruch was really dope for that. I'm just like, I know a bunch of people in real estate, finance, other designers. Mm -hmm. Like I know a guy, I have a question, I find somebody. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a, it's a quick text. Like yo, like you still you still at this company? Like yo, let me hear about X Y Z. So I mean, like it's it's I, I and that I enjoy that a lot, like more than anything. Especially you know when I was in that point in my career where I was ready for a transition. Like I had a lot of conversations and like kind of like with people that I had in my network already, just about next steps, what they were thinking about when they, when they were leaving. You know their previous roles. You know how did they tackle that recruiting process? Like it was just a lot of conversations that I had around that time, and a lot of it was from you know people I met during my time in college. So, yeah, fun times. Kind of, I miss the people. Don't miss the school. I do yeah. I, well, <laughs> I, even even if I ended up landing okay out of Brooklyn from a GPA standpoint, like I'm, I realized that like yo. That that school shit is not like nah, it's not it. Like, every time I think about yo, when I go back for a master, I'm like, if it's worth it career wise, I would. But I'm not running into a classroom with a smile on my face. Well, like I, I if if it's avoidable, yeah, I would avoid it. <laughs> like I just don't. Enjoy, I enjoy the social aspects of college a lot. I don't miss test taking and shit like that. Like I'm cool, running bro. papers. I'm just like I don't care about this. Yeah. The papers I didn't even mind as much. I'm really just not an exam person. Like presentations and papers, I'm like, all right, cool. Like I, I could do that. I could knock that out. Presentations I actually enjoy. Exams just gave me so much anxiety. Like I just, I, I hated it. So I'm not looking forward to it. If I ever have to like be back in that atmosphere again, like it would really have to be worth it. My mom like, get a master's. I'm just like, no. <laughs> yeah, nah, like, that'll wait. <laughs> that'll wait. I'm not yeah. running to take a GMAT right now. I'm just like, which massive program you don't need a GR, GMAT, GRE? Right, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah. What else? You have a new career? Yeah, how was, like, in that, that fear everybody has about, like, graduating with a job offer? Because I didn't have one. I was like, okay, what's next? It's, it's, so you're saying, like, what, what that yeah. fear was about? Um, I, I'm one of those people, I think I fear the unknown sometimes. So for me, it was less about, it was less about, yo, I have a job, so now I'm comfortable and I could just chill the rest of the senior year. It was more about, yo, if I don't have a job after graduation, what's next? Or how long is it going to take to find a job? You know, like, is it, am I going to have a tough time with it or am I going to land um, pretty quickly. It was just like, it was the unknown part of it that bothered me a lot. It was like, yo, like, I, I don't want to, you know, 
leave college and like not have a job for a year or two or whatever, like, you know, what would, what would I do? And so I think I just psyched myself into being super scared of that optic. And once I kind of like got in that vibe, which I mean, for me, it was more motivation more than anything. Like, I don't think, you know, if it ended up not working out that way, like, I don't think that it would have been like the worst shit ever. But I think because I was kind of already in that mind frame, it was like, cool. Like, I was just motivated to just kind of like interview with as many places as possible and get and secure an offer. And so that kind of like was where that fear came from. And once, you know, I got the offer. It was just like a cool, like, take a deep breath, enjoy these last few months of college. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it was it was definitely just for me, like, the fear of the unknown and not knowing what would happen if I didn't have a job and, like, how long would it take to get one after college and all that stuff. Like, I just I just wasn't trying to find out the hallway. I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, like, I'd rather, I'd rather deal with all this bullshit now, taking six classes and interviewing you know, constantly stuff like that. If it sets me up for the win later on, so yeah, I had that same part. I was like, "Well, we can't do anything right now. Let's see what happens next." Yeah. So, and realistically, I mean, I think leaving Baruch for the most part, as people who are debt free and all that thing, is like you. It, no matter how, if leaving Baruch with a job or not, I think you're left in a pretty good situation. Because you you don't have debt hanging out over your head, you know you kind of knew the you know the skills that you get out of a demanding college at Brook too. So you definitely don't feel as if you're not you know well equipped to handle you know corporate America or whatever. So it was for me. It was I mean for anyone, it should just be a matter of timing. Like cool, I I may not have something now, but it's gonna work out. Like I'm gonna land at some point because you just don't leave Baruch like not feeling like you couldn't get a job and body it. Like you just you just work too hard to brute to ever feel that way. You just meet too many people to ever feel that way. You, you just you have too many accomplishments in brute to ever feel that way. So I think no matter what the situation was, like people tend to be okay, to be honest. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah. I met somebody at my job who just graduated from group, I think like this year, and they also work in the same mm-hmm. position I am. I'm just like, that's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. That was fun two years trying to find a job, but like they made a pandemic. I was like, all right, just trying to start trying to just survive at this point. Yeah, that's that's another thing too. Like I was thinking about the virtual experience, like you know, as a student, but like I think as a graduate, that 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 could be like a whole nother struggle, right? Because I mean, y'all was graduating around a time when like that pandemic was kicking off hiring freezes are everywhere. People are losing jobs constantly and stuff like that. And this is the market that you got to run into <laughs> and find a job. Like, <laughs> like that, it was definitely one of the places where like, yeah, no matter how much I hated like my job at Goldman or whatever the case may be, like I had to take a step back and be like, yo, it, like chill out. Like it could be much worse. <laughs> like you have a, you have a job that's paying you right now. Like, you get what I mean? Like it just, it helps you not take shit for granted and put stuff in like in perspective because like, yeah, that, that's, that's a rough time and we're not out of it. I mean, I think people are kind of like, you know, talking themselves into feeling like everything is back to normal, but now we still in a global pandemic and we don't know with COVID rates going back up. Like we don't know what stuff is going to look like if it, we don't get it under control over the next year and stuff like that. Like, we about to deal with, like, these on and off lockdowns for the next three, four years. Like, God forbid, but, like, who knows? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it, that definitely wasn't a great time 
play out and leave college and have to go find a job. So I, I definitely shout out to y'all for navigating that. To everyone, like Baruch and not just in life, navigating that time, you know, because that, that was rough on everyone. Like that's something we've never experienced before. So yeah. And to go back to like the me step by myself, I also like since like middle school, I was always like a person who like did things. It's like randomly mm-hmm. I joined a math team that high school was always like in school, like volunteering and working. So like I took that to like Baruch. And then like even like people. Even now, like you said, still top of mind of like what people want. Like people have like opportunities. Yeah, my fault about that interruption. Um, you know that makes sense, and I think it's it's dope when you're able to kind of like reflect on those experiences, no matter how long ago they happened. Because that that's kind of like the stuff that you kind of look back at and say, okay, cool. I, this led to this stage of my life, which led to this, which led to this, which led to where I'm at today. So I I I I find I find myself reflecting a lot on a lot of that other stuff. I mean, older stuff rather, like you know, pre high school or whatever, and kind of like trying to figure out like you know the stuff that spawned from that, and kind of like you know the trajectory more than anything. So that's always fun for me. Are you talking on me, bro? Yep. So that's a funny story. Like when, on my senior year, there's like a committee on campus with like the, the staff and faculty, and like they're trying to find somebody to help them out with all that stuff. And like four of them, mm-hmm. somebody somebody was like starting to mention me, but not say my name. And then three other people was like, "Are we talking about the same person?" And it ended up being me. And I was like, "That's hilarious." That's mad funny. <laughs> he was like. I was like, oh, I gotta definitely watch what I do. Because you never know. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, but I mean, repetitions procedures. So, like, you know, you, you, the funny thing is about like life and when it comes to stuff like that is that like people could have totally different outlooks on you, right? Like, you could have totally different experiences with people, and then that just turns into like them kind of like having an opinion on you and running with it. So, it's very funny when things like that merge. It's just like, yeah, no, it's me. Like, it is what it is. I'm gonna be me in every every situation. Now, what you perceive of me is upon is on you. I can't control that, but I'm gonna act how I'm act regardless. So, yeah, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, but there's always like he's busy, so we gonna get somebody else. I was like, yeah, right. Be like that, bro. It was fun catching up. Not for sure, man. I mean, more than anything, like appreciate you extending the invite. I was, I was waiting to be a part of Let's Get Out of Podcast. Like I'm seeing all these people here. I'm like, damn, yo, my son is he don't mess with me no more. Like, what's good? But nah, like, and and honestly, like, what, like I'll make the, like the final point before we part ways. I and mean, I think you doing a podcast speaks to like that transition I was talking about. Because again, like. Freshman Zeke, I'm gonna speak for you. Would have never did some shit like this. You never wanted to. See, you barely spoke to people. So and like, and that, like the times you even had to present, I'm like, yeah, this is not his. Like he's not comfortable. So like, the fact that you have a podcast right now where you're just like constantly doing exactly what was making you uncomfortable around that time, all the time, not forced. Like just on something like yeah, I'm a, I'm like I just want to create content and this is like something that I'm good at, so I'm going to run with it. Like, nah, that speaks to, that speaks to that more than anything. So, I mean, I'm definitely 
happy to see the transition you've made over the last few years. And like, just, just I'm excited to watch where it goes from here. Thanks. I was like, yeah, why not? That's how it's just like, why not? Yeah. I, I ask myself a question a lot. If someone who just overthinks everything is just like, yo, why not, bro? Like, what's the worst that's gonna happen? And when you ask when you ask themselves those questions, then you land on what's the worst thing that could happen, you gonna do it. But the worst thing ain't ever gonna be that bad. Yeah, it's most like, things I think one thing we fear we fear rejection a lot of times. It's like, yo, I don't wanna do this thing because I might get a no. It's just like right, you get the no and then what, bro? Like you're gonna die or something, like hey, it's not that big of a deal. So you might as well. Yeah. Like, I'd rather get a rejection than not try at all. That's the way I that's the way I feel about it. Or I'd rather do something and fail at it as opposed to not trying at all. So so caution to the women, give it a try. Well, you know what? Yeah, it didn't work out, but I did it. So I know I'm not gonna do that again. Right. So cool. So the last question I'll ask is what would you name your origin story? That's a great question that I've never thought about. I, honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of like, what are the words that I would describe my life to be? And I mean, the stuff that's coming to mind, I don't know, like butterfly effect or some shit like that. We're just kind of like, you know, something that kind of represents the growth more than anything. It represents the evolution. So yeah, I'm, I'm for the sake of your question, I'm just gonna say butterfly effect, but yeah, I have no idea. Like, that's, that's actually a great question. I would I never thought about that before. But yeah, I'm just gonna like plug in my Travis Scott fandom right there and just say <laughs> butterfly effect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, butterfly effect. Because <clears throat> I joined um the black study the black history month committee freshman year, then met Dr. Lewin, and then sophomore year, I did some flyers for him. And then junior mm-hmm. year, I did some I did I was in charge of all the flyers for the month. You're right. And then he said that during one of the events. And then I met somebody who was a diversity person at this um, thing he called the One Club, which is trying to diversify on media. Yeah. And then after that, I went to um, to like a pitch competition. And then I went to like that like a thing, event called Where All the Black People went to it last year. Then met somebody. Mm-hmm. They became a guest of my podcast. And then they transitioned to translation. And it was like, Hey, use me as a reference. So mm. And I was like, all that happened because of one thing. Yeah, no, that's fire. That's fire. It, 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 that, those are the things that, like, you look back at and chronicle, like, yo, this led to this, which led to this. Like, that's what I was speaking about earlier. Like, nah, that's like shit like that coming full circle is always the dopest thing. Funny enough, like, even me getting the role that I'm in now at Facebook was that. It was literally. You know, doing American Needs You, getting that AOL internship, keeping that relationship with the, one of my managers that I had. You know, we connected last year when I was just really kind of like diving into like, you know, next steps. We had a great catch up. 
And she ended up connecting me with a friend of hers at Facebook, which referred me, which ended up leading me to get the role that I got. So they, stuff like that coming from circles is always the dopest part. That's like, that's a lot. That's a whole, just like, <laughs> right. even I have the job right now because I have my podcast, I applied for a different position. And then they, they returned me an uh, interview with all which I have now, and I was like, I didn't apply for this. They're like, because you have a, a podcast on your resume, don't you be good for this position? I was like, yeah. Funny enough, now I think about it, same. Like, the, the three roles that I applied for in her referral weren't the roles that I ended up getting. Like, once I was in the system, like, another team that I never even applied for ended up picking up my resume and saying, hey, we think you're a good fit. Would you like to interview? And, you know, to your point, just kind of like, ended up happening like that so yeah now sometimes people have the vision before you do they're like you're the missing piece i was like i am yes <laughs> right <laughs> when people ask you to help with something and you have no idea what to do but you just say yes and just say all right i'll figure it out right for sure yeah that was fun but yeah bro like i said appreciate you having me Got to run it back, if anything. But now, nah, this this was dope, bro. Definitely, definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. People work out anytime. So free flowing podcast. Love it. Let's do it. Now let's you know do a group, group one with like you know a bunch of like the you Malay cats. You Malay boy, yo. Right. You know, for all ten years, like twelve now. Oh shit! Yeah, no, that would, that would be an interesting one for sure. Evolution of the program. Bye, man. Appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. And that brings another episode of the Let's Get Podcast to a close. Again, I'd like to thank my friend Picard for being guest on the podcast. And for next week, I have my fate one half of Creepy Monster to speak about starting a business and being an artist. I hope you continue the day, and I hope to see you there.